Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, and I am super excited to be here with yet another fabulous woman who's doing very cool stuff. Shayla Vernardo. She is a fashion stylist and I can tell because I'm looking at her and she is quite fashionable, uh, (laughs) more so than I am. But she is now also an entrepreneur and a wine connoisseur of sorts. And we're going to talk about her journey and her super cool businesses. So welcome to the show. Really, really excited to have you, Shayla. Thank you. Thank you, Melinda. And you're way too kind. Now y'all are just listening to this. Let me tell you, she's got this really cool hip sweatshirt and she's got these cool glasses. And anyway, she looks fabulous. So there you go. And she says she has no makeup on. I'm like, really? And she looks like that. But you all can just imagine that because you were just hearing us over a podcast. But let's get rolling today and let's hear all about Shayla's journey. So the first thing I love to do is I like to go way back. What was your big dream when you were growing up? What do you think you were going to be doing? I definitely thought I was going to be in the fashion industry. My mom taught fashion design for over 30 years, and that's what I studied in college. I've always been into the style of it. I love looking at the designer collections. Their creativity sparks my creativity for how I want to show up seasonally, how I want to show up daily. And I have always had such a passion for it. I started my own styling business later in life, and it was a lot more that went into it, but I definitely thought I'd be in fashion. That's been in your blood. Well, that's awesome. And that's awesome that you, you know, you followed that path. So tell me a little bit about what does a fashion stylist do? What is your role? Fashion stylists can do a number of things from wardrobe styling to closet editing to event styling and that kind of thing. My specialty and what services I offered, helping the everyday woman show up better in her life. So Mm -hmm. helping her with her everyday wardrobe, going to work, going on date night, having a girl's night outfit ready, having something, you know, and then for my moms, like something you can feel super cute in when you have to go to your soccer games and then go to lunch or wherever life may take you. And so my focus was making sure that women had the key pieces they needed in their closet to always feel fabulous. So that's what I did as a fashion stylist. I love that. It sounds like I need you to go back to doing that and come help me. (laughs) (laughs) I, You know, it comes up every so often and I used to be so active and everything on social media with it that a lot of people are like, hey, so do you still do this? (laughs) Hey, I'll bring the wine, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I'm curious what you think about me talking about fashion. I will say that I never, ever do this, but I was just kind of like climbing the walls, going crazy. And I decided to go out to kind of our local outdoor mall here in Austin. And I walked around for four hours. I went in and out of every store. I could not find anything. And like, I don't know what Little House on the Prairie reenactment we're trying to do these days, but I'm 5'1". I look like an Oompa Loompa in those clothes. Like, I don't even know what that was about. Okay, I want to be stylish, but this is what I have to choose from. I'm not sure how to do that. Well, see, and this is the thing. So the Little House on the Prairie thing is definitely, it's in at the moment. We're doing, even like the weaved belts are coming back for fall, like all kinds of stuff. But the big thing to remember with fashion and style is that when you find good pieces, a lot of times we see things and we're like, oh, I really, really like this in this season. And when you find something you really, really like, that's the time to invest in a good quality version of it so that it will outlast 
just that season so that when we are in these really weird seasons where plaid is everywhere and like that season where gingham was everywhere, like you have something classic and timeless that you can wear and still look really great. So like I'm a turtleneck girl. I don't care when they're in and when they're not. I like turtlenecks. So I'm going to invest in quality turtlenecks from Nordstrom, from our department stores, from those really nice designers so that my look doesn't have to change just because the seasons are and that I can always look great and my clothes can wear well. That's the thing about shopping is like, I like personal shopping. It's a lot of fun because once you kind of curate and tailor your style to who you are as a person, these seasons go by and you are always just that timeless, effortless, stylish woman in the room and who doesn't have to keep up with the trends. I love that. What great advice. So thank you for that. But we're not even really here to talk about fashion. I just had to get a few tips out of you for our <laughs> yes, listeners of today. Course. My next favorite thing we're going to talk about is wine. So you are now the founder of Black Girls Wine. It's just such a cool <laughs> concept and I love it. And I'd love for you just to tell us about what you're doing now and what was the inspiration? Well, now I run a national organization. I should say international. We have members worldwide for Black women who love wine. And I have to say, it brings me so much joy to run this sisterhood. I got into wine and was inspired because I looked around the industry and I just noticed a huge lack of diversity and inclusion in the wine industry. There are no Black people in the wine stores on the advertisements. The only time they market it is when a rapper or somebody comes out with a Moscato. This is the only time that you ever see it. (laughs) And even when it comes to wineries, I've spoken at conferences for winemakers and wine brands. And one question they ask is, you know, well, how do we incorporate more diversity? And what I noticed, what made me get into it is that you have to incorporate more culture. So all you have is bluegrass performers during the summer and that to draw a crowd to your wine that's not incorporating everyone else who doesn't listen to bluegrass music and so it's different things like that the more i looked around i realized you know there's a market here like there's a whole market being ignored that loves wine that loves to have a good time wants to hang out and wants to try new things and so that's where my inspiration for the brand came from and that's where my inspiration for our society came from Very cool. I love that. And I think it is so important, no pun intended, but sort of the title of our podcast, See It to Be It. And I think that you're kind of talking about that. And that is a huge piece of diversity and inclusion is being able to see certainly other female winemakers, other winemakers of color and really going, oh, you know, we are actually part of this. And it has been a very male dominated industry in general for a long time and certainly a very white male dominated. So I think it's really interesting. Have you sought out or found wineries that have people of color or women of color who are winemakers. Can you tell us about any of those? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We run a partner program that refers our members to Black winemakers and winemakers of color and women winemakers. Partner with them to host events. We partner with them to offer discounts to our members in exchange, but to drive more traffic. We just started our live partner show where we do a live event in our Facebook group. And we hosted, which is introducing that winemaker to thousands of other wine lovers, not just our members. I think our Facebook group is at a little over 13,000. 
Black women who love wine. Being able to offer that exposure to other women winemakers and winemakers of color. It's important work that I feel very, what is the word? Like, I feel good that I can share other people's businesses and other people's passion for wine with everyone else. I would say the biggest thing that we do with that partner program is making sure that we are helping to not just build our relationship with them, but their relationship with a more diverse audience. That's wonderful. I noticed that you were smiling when you were talking about how much joy it brings you. And you mentioned it brings me so much joy to just be part of this sisterhood. So Black Girls Wine, yes, it's about loving wine and being introduced to wine, but it's really about more than that, right? I mean, it sounds like it. So what else? What else is it really about? So it really is about that sisterhood and having a place where our culture is celebrated and we always feel welcomed. You can ask probably any Black wine lover who has gone to a winery or gone to a wine event, you know, hey, how was it? Have you ever experienced any type of, you know, weirdness at any wineries or anything? And everyone's going to have a story. Everyone, hands down. And, you know, whether you're the only Black person in the room (laughs) or whether it is that you go to a winery and they don't really cater to you the way they do to the other guests or, you know, that kind of thing. And and I wanted to have this space where we could feel safe, that we could ask questions, that we wouldn't be singled out. It wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want to say anything because, you know, then all eyes are on me and it's weird. Like now you're in a room full of women who look just like you, who share a heritage and a background and culture with you. And it feels like home. And having the support of that sisterhood means a lot. We added in our leadership component this year. So now every, usually it's fourth or fifth Friday, every fourth or fifth Friday, we have a leadership happy hour where we have partnered with a leadership firm that specializes in diversity and inclusion and helping empower our women leaders. So now it's not just about having a glass of wine. Now it's about expanding yourself beyond where you are. And God knows to be a woman leader in this world, you got to have wine. It's one of the tools in your toolkit. (laughs) Exactly. It comes with the role. That's very cool that you established that leadership program as well. That's really, really interesting. So you're also the co-author a book Mm -hmm. called 44 Prayers for the Christian Entrepreneur. And what inspired you to write that book? Definitely. I am just the co-pilot and my captain is God. I co-wrote that book with my God sister who has been a serial entrepreneur as well. And I just wanted to kind of help. Praying is something that has always been what's gotten me through everything, all of life's challenges. Her and I want to do one for wives. It's what has gotten me through so much in life. And I wanted to share some of those prayers that were closest to my heart and that have really helped me navigate this entrepreneurship thing and wanted to help kind of give that, what is the word? Kind of like a starting point. So like, hey, I have this prayer. I have this scripture. I can use this time in this moment to read this and connect with God on what to do next in my business and on my entrepreneurship journey. Is there a favorite prayer or scripture that kind of is your go-to that you would share? My favorite is probably praying for wisdom in my finances and what to do and definitely probably for direction in business. A lot of times we have great ideas, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the idea for the vision God is giving you. Sometimes it's an idea that you need to sit on and let it evolve and let him speak to you and guide you on what to do next. And so that one is a huge one for me. 
That's great. You're sort of the the ringleader here and the entrepreneur. And obviously you shared that you look for guidance to God and prayer. Is there anybody out there that you talk to, that you look for mentorship or that you follow or listen to? Like, where do you go to find that? Everywhere, honestly. When I'm looking for like inspiration or like, okay, what would this entrepreneur do? There's quite a few successful entrepreneurs that... I love to listen to. And honestly, I am surrounded by a tribe of entrepreneurs. I am blessed in that. I have kind of developed it over time. And so I also reach out to those ladies say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And I think all of us have our thing that we're like awesome at. So it helps to have that camaraderie and kind of circle of entrepreneurs. But I don't have any one podcast or one person anymore. I look for inspiration in a little bit of everybody. No, I love that. And I think that, you know, the interesting thing is the number one question that I get asked when I'm out at events or whatever is, how do I find my tribe? I think a lot of women struggle with that. They don't know how to start or, you know, they've been so busy taking care of their families and trying to juggle so many things. They really haven't stopped and done that and built that over time. And of course, what we know now to be true, I've known it for a really long time, but now there's research that shows that women are more successful when they have a tribe of other women that are supporting them and cheering them on and advocating for them. And I think that it's a really important distinction. And I love that, you know, that you're like, I can't think of one. It's the many, because I do think that that is the most powerful thing. A lot of people do try to seek out this one mentor who's going to be able to be the end all be all. I have not had a mentor on this entrepreneurship journey. It's not because I haven't sought it out, but I just haven't had a mentor. But what I have developed is relationships and my entrepreneur sisters on this journey who I've met at conferences and who we stay in contact with each other. I have to say my mentors came from actually my corporate career. I had a couple of bosses who were really great leaders. I don't say one or two. And they are just like, they're truly gems. And so I think that when it comes to mentorship, don't feel like you have to have one. I did feel that way. In the beginning, I was like, I got to have a mentor. Not everybody's going to have the same access as other people. Not everybody's going to have the same connections as other people. It could be because of where you live. It could be, you know, a myriad of things. And it's okay. Yep. I totally agree. And I've never had a mentor either. I've had lots of people who've mentored me on different things, but I've never had sort of that traditional sense of the word. It's a lot of pressure. If you can find one and that chemical reaction happens, you know, that's great. It's certainly not the end all be all. I I totally agree with you. So obviously we are still, I'm like, gosh, when am I going to stop asking questions about COVID because we're still in it, but I would love just to talk about a blessing or an upside just during this crazy time. And what has that been for you? A blessing or upside for us has been that more people were on social media. So Black Girls Wine was launched in 2016. The Mm. Society was launched in July of 2019. So we were barely six months old when the country shut down. But what it allowed us to do was to have more eyes on social media, which increased our reach and increased our ability to expand virtually as well. It helped virtual events become more of an accepted reality, so to speak. And so it made it easier to connect with women who are open to learning in more ways than just in person. So it was helpful in that way. (laughs) 
That's great. That is an absolute positive. And people are drinking a hell of a lot more wine, right? <laughs> a whole lot more. I know you have chapters all over the country. How many chapters do you have? 38. 38. Wow. And did the chapters meet in person, virtually or both? Both. So they do both. Um, it depends on the chapter. A lot of the chapters, we're at, what, two years now? And majority of the time we've been in COVID. But a lot of our chapters have been around for a while. And the ladies feel comfortable. They're like family. So they still meet up in person. We have one chapter that, like, everybody's in the medical field. So... <laughs> You know, they all feel safe, but the ladies, they meet in person. We have our monthly events and we still have our virtual calendar. We do our national or international virtual events and stuff like that. So how can someone find out about membership and chapters? Yes. So membership opens quarterly. So we're actually in the middle of our last open enrollment of the year. So blackgirlswine.com has all the information. You can sign up. You can join today. Membership will be open for a little while longer. As we close out today, I'd love for you just to talk about your favorite saying, which is see the vision, write the vision, and then live it. Tell me just how that became your favorite and why you think it's so powerful. Well, one of my favorite scriptures is write the vision and make it plain and Habakkuk. And you can't know where you're going unless you can see it. And you think about the analogy of driving, right? Like you can't make that right turn if you can't tell where to turn. And so the seeing and the writing go hand in hand, because when you have in your imagination, like, I want to run this big successful business. Okay, what does that look like? And writing that down is key so that you know, and your brain subconsciously will know what you need to do. And it will work to figure out everything you need to do to get to that life that you want to live. And you cannot live it if you can't see it and you don't have direction first. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for leaving us all with that great piece of advice and that great saying. It's very powerful. And I so appreciate you being with us today and sharing with us your journey. We are super excited to see what you do next. So we will definitely be watching. And I hope that some of our listeners will join the wine wagon. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week. And check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.